seeking collaborations with influential people, at GZPR, we create passion-fueled collaborations that go beyond traditional representation, a performance agency that onboards new clients every month. Our focus is on POC collaborations. Contact us now at hellogzpr.com, a self-aware public relations agency exploring world perspectives with leading talents. Hello and welcome. My name is Tiffany Farag and welcome to the Get to Know You Cafe. In my mission to open conversations and access deeper dialogue, I wanted to hear from you listeners on last week's question and discussion. Last week, Ali Salama and I discussed the question, how can we empower men? We received a number of responses that further deepened dialogue. Joining us today on the Get to Know You Cafe is Brooke Strawn from previous week's podcast. Welcome back, Brooke. Hi, Tiffany. Thank you for having me back. Thank you so much for coming back onto the podcast. So earlier you were given the topic from last week's podcast to reflect and you've also listened to the episode. Prior to listening to the different responses, what are your thoughts on the discussion? I thought it was an extremely interesting uh, discussion and uh, a very broad uh, question uh, as well. Uh, Ali is uh, really quite amazing and I um, loved listening to him and uh and his thoughts on on this question and also what he's doing in general in mm-hmm. his own space and his own and his own podcast it was a uh, really interesting and uh really really good work um i thought but uh yeah no c- certainly a, a very broad uh question that um yeah i'm interested to hear what what people have to say about it yeah super interesting did anything in particular stand out to you from the discussion Ah, uh, yeah, no, certainly. I one one thing that um that that really stood out when what Ali was talking about was um was actually uh, his thoughts on empathy and how important that is to uh, for people and and obviously he a lot of his work is based around that and discussing empathy and and empathy especially in men and in leaders and that for me really really stood out because I uh, I listened to a few uh, leadership podcasts and um, I'm friends with some people who who train others on, on leadership skills um, and they're all men mm. so I mm, uh, yeah so I, I found uh, his his look at it and what he's doing in that role. I found that really interesting, um, and yeah, and that that's that stood out. But the other part that stood out was um, how he spoke about um, empowering empowering men, and also you spoke about this empowering men, so not man, men, men, uh, uh, to empower women rather than women empowering women, which has mm-hmm. kind of how society sees it, you know, with feminism, oh, it's women, women's power, where, where there was that discussion about, well, the empowered man will empower women. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That's mm-hmm. the thing that, I, like, I, like you said there, that, that I found also, like when we're always talking about women empowering women, we're not talking about, but I think with, 
with a lot of women, it's like they see it as, I, well, why is, why do I have to be empowered by a man? But it's not that. It's an empowered man should empower a woman. An empowered man will empower a woman. An empowered woman will empower, like, it's kind of adding. It's not taking away or yes, controlling. Yes. Do you know what I'm trying to say? The, absolutely. It's not the man giving us power. It's the an empowered man will not be afraid of an empowered woman. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's been the problem down the whole line in yes. history is that there's a fear. There's always been a fear of the empowered woman, of the intelligent woman, of the woman who has knowledge. Um, there's, I'm just looking at a, at a quote um, here, and I'm not too sure who said this, but it, it's, um, it says extremists, extremists have shown what frightens them most. A girl with a book. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. Yes. So that kind of sums it sums it up with um uh you know well, it kind of asks asks the question as as well of why are men afraid of the empowered knowledgeable woman? Because I think well uh, that's a great question, absolutely, because they're not empowered themselves. Mm. But there, there, there's a um, uh, yes that they they don't have that uh, not not so much that they may not have that well they may not have that knowledge themselves so so and that frightens them. Uh, it could be that they don't uh, they don't want to lose that control mm-hmm. because as we know uh, it's all it's been about control. Yes. And still is a lot about control, even Absolutely. in everyday relationships now. We see that all the time. Mm-hmm. The, the control issue is a huge problem in a number of of relationships and even quite loving relationships. Yeah, absolutely. There can it's be still, big, yeah. big control issues there. Yeah. Um, so also there's they, – they're definitely afraid um, – or has been down the line um, of that of that power and knowledge because um, Confucius, uh, I believe it's a Confucius quote. I don't think it's a fake Confucius quote. I believe <laughs> it's one from him. <laughs> you know how you get those fake ones sometimes. Yes. <laughs> uh, but but I, I like it anyway. It it says uh, education breeds confidence, and confidence breeds hope, and hope breeds peace. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, that really, that really, yeah. What would absolutely. it be? Yeah. What would it be if we were all peaceful? What type of world would we be living in? What would we? Yeah, is that like the utopian world? Like, mm. it does it exist? Is it possible? You know, a lot of people, I think, because there's so much, like you were saying, like insecurity. I think with them, with a man who's unable to see a woman on the same level as him, or as as his boss or things like that there's a lot of insecurity that's riding there so is um is that they're seeing their masculinity being uh taken away 
Mm, it's it, it is, I believe, an, an insecurity uh, issue. And it also comes back to uh, one of my favourite sayings, that Plato saying, know thyself. Uh, you know, if, if you really know your, your, yourself, then, um, then you understand who you are and you know your good points and you also know your bad points as well and you're able to work with them and to a level somewhat accept them as well yes. uh, because having bad points is part of the human condition. Uh, so if you know thyself, then generally you don't have too, so many insecurities and therefore you can be more empathetic and open and and um and com- you know conf- confident but not arrogant those yes. those types of things um yeah so I, I i believe the the issue there is people not knowing themselves if they know themselves they are empowered and they'll have no problem with others who also know themselves Exactly. And therefore are naturally empowered. Yeah. Exactly. When you, yeah, exactly right. You're focused on yourself and you focus on knowing who you are. You're not going to be altered. You're not going to be rattled or affected by others who are on the same path. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. So um, now I'll read some of the responses where some people share their perspectives or raise some questions. So the first response is from Fadi from Egypt. He said, when we talk about mental health in the Middle East, the Ability to accept, understand, or openly discuss this topic among different generations is seen as a sh- as shameful, but more so because among this culture, and I'm sure others other cultures also, there is a strong view that about what other people are going to think, and that is something that is repeated to the generations coming and suppresses the need to see a psychologist for your mental health problems. Now. When Fatty said this, this is something that I've heard from my own parents and with friends of mine who are from different cultures, it's something that's said quite often. What are people going to think? And that's a big, heavy thing that is weighing on the shoulders of parents and grandparents and so on as to like maybe hide mental health problems or not talk about it or see it as, oh, you know, if people think that my son or daughter has this condition, they're not going to want to marry them or things like that. And it's such a heavy thing that's mm. even anything that you do, any behavior that you express, everything always comes back down to what are people going to think? Don't do that. Everything, like almost mm. every kind of sentence. So it's quite often repeated in, in the Middle Eastern kind of culture. Yeah, it's a hard one for, for me because I'm so, because uh, obviously I haven't been brought up in that in that culture and I'm I'm almost the opposite. I mean, myself personally, because I'm a don't give a flying f really what anyone thinks about anything I do. <laughs> That's me, and and that does come from I haven't always been like that, but I certainly am like that now. And that is an empowerment in myself, which I'm blessed to have. Um, sometimes maybe that trait isn't always the, the best because sometimes I probably don't care quite enough, <laughs> but. Um, uh, but yeah, taking it back to it's a real cultural difference for um, for me. However, I completely understand uh, that um, because I've I certainly seen it uh, with with other people and even um, even family even family mem- members. For example, um, uh, 
uh, my brother's partner is Chinese Malaysian, and there's a lot of that mm-hmm. uh, in the in the in the family. So, uh, so I do understand that it definitely exists in in other cultures um, more so uh, in like let's say like my family um, as per se. Uh, it's I think Ali spoke about that. Um, it's um, worse, you know, kind of in in the older generations. He's, he said that starting to improve a little bit, but obviously there's a long long way to go and a lot of work to to be done um uh for for people and for families to uh to understand that uh it's not i think he used the word like demon it's not you know you don't have a a demon inside you uh there's essentially you know it's it's nothing it's nothing wrong i mean i like even though it might be a health issue, it's so common, and we actually spoke about this in the um in the podcast we did together like, mm. um, about that yeah it's so common that it that it's uh you know is is it really even a <laughs> you know even something that um uh you know it, it well well it could be something that's just normal uh, exactly. these days so it. So it definitely needs to be to be spoken about, and maybe through education, uh, like educating, just trying to to educate. And how we've done here in Australia through uh, advertisements. There's yeah. so many TV ads um, on television now about mental health. Yes, it's uh, it's really it's really put out there in the media now. Uh, is, so yeah. uh, it is in Australia, like full on advertisement. So it does help. I, I think it, it it really it really does. I think every little bit uh, helps because people will see that those TV ads and go, "Oh, good, I'm not the only one." That's that's good to hear. Exactly, exactly. Like hearing that you're not the only mm-hmm. one. I think that's the biggest key. And and I think with in the Middle Eastern culture, like a lot of us have to, you know, there's a lot of. Um, uh, feeling like you're by yourself because you can't talk. You don't know who it's safe to talk with, to talk to about certain things as well. So even with your friends, it's like, oh, is this safe or is this going to be spread around? Or And then you kind of looked at differently or your reputation is kind of ruined or whatever it may be. So there's always like that fear of, of even speaking about it because you think you're the only one going through it. But, yeah, if these if this culture kind of adopted what we have in Australia, like – and show it and show that it's normal and normalise it more and more through advertisements and, and different um, posters and things like that, we would see more of um, uh, maybe a shift in mindset. I don't know, I think a significant shift, but a slow, slight, even subtle shift, like it's still a shift that could, you know, and then generations coming, you could see maybe a stronger shift from there. Yeah, well, most certainly because, it hasn't always been like like how it is now in Australia. No, you got to think think back in fifties, sixties. They weren't talking about it, uh, so it's been a slow a slow shift, and it's definitely it's definitely working. People have these conversations. They have big fundraisers. People, you know, um, you know, grow, uh, you know, 
did some things to their body to raise money for for yes. mental health. And, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, people have barbecues uh, and raise money and do all these activities. It, yeah. It's really spoken about, but that wasn't happening. No. You know that that long ago. So, no, it wasn't. So. Yeah, so so it is the advertisement and the discussions and and these things. It, it is working, and the doctors, the the general GPs, being so educated in this now. Yeah, exactly. Well. Absolutely. So our second response is from Sandra from Naples. She said, "Why aren't humans born empowered?" This question has so many different theories and perspectives. I would like to hear others' thoughts on this question. What do you think, Brooke? Why aren't humans born mm. empowered? Uh, because we're reliant on our mother and or our carer from such a young age, from the moment, from the moment we're born. You can't. We can't just be born and left there. <laughs> we die. No. So no. We, <laughs> of course. So, so we're, that plays a role. Yeah, yeah I would say. Ah. Uh, yeah, so so we we have to rely on on other people, and and then I feel as we're starting to grow up, I feel that it it will depend on your upbringing as to how em- empowered uh, you are. Mm. Uh, as as I said, I'm quite empowered. I'm quite empowered, um, and it. And I always have been. I wasn't as empowered as I was younger, but I still was quite confident and really quite sure of who I who I was. And I think it's because of the upbringing I had. Mm-hmm. I was really uh, allowed to to be my to be myself. Mm-hmm. And and as discussed with you in the other podcast, uh, was never told that I couldn't do things. Yes. So and and I was pretty much allowed to do what I wanted as well uh, within, you know, those certain restrictions, of course. And so, and as a female, once again, I was never told I couldn't do something, not do, Mm -hmm. not do something. Mm -hmm. So I've never seen my gender as all the way I look or the way my body is as, uh, you know, as anything really holding me back. So I've I've been lucky that I've just naturally been been empowered and and also by having these quite empowered women in my family and around me and other empowered women. For example, my best friend was an Air Force pilot and she was actually flying the fighter jets, which women don't do mm. <laughs> here in Australia. Mm-hmm. Right. So I've had these um, amazing women around me uh, who who I, I feel have given me that that you know a lot of my my own sense of empowerment because I see them doing what they're doing and I I think well I can do that too maybe not for I fighter jet yeah <laughs> right but um yeah maybe not that but um <laughs> but you know yes but uh. Certainly, certainly uh, helped me with my um, uh, with my confidence and self belief. And so, with the question, why aren't or why are we not born empowered? I, I do, be- I do believe 
a lot of it just comes back to yeah who you are and who you surround yourself with and those types of experiences you have growing up yeah yeah sure like I think like a lot of teenagers I guess like your your background or how you grew up are quite insecure I don't you know many or most or all teenagers are insecure um, and that insecurity could be um, you know made worse or better depending on who you do surround yourself with or, or what you go home to. So, yeah, I, I I don't know. Like I wonder too, like if the empowerment can start off as a, a two-year-old, as a three-year-old, as a five-year-old. And like you said, depending on you, you had a lot of uh, freedom to express yourself. Um, obviously with that kind of environment, you're going to be able to feel like you're an empowered woman and make decisions and, and, um, and feel strong, just generally just feel strength. Uh, and I wonder if we're able to, is there a, you know, like a correct way or, or a way of creating more empowerment or kind of, um, you know, increase that within a child's upbringing? Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I, th- I think certainly uh, parents can can really contribute, I think, to this just by them being um, aware of their own actions and their actions, uh, you know, uh, with the uh, with the child as well, and and giving that child those uh, that learning um, that broad learning experience, uh, that broad cultural experience. Uh, showing um, the child things like tolerance mm. and respect and understanding and empathy and compassion uh, and um, and having and having discussions uh, uh, with the child mm-hmm. as as well, um, you know, not just baby. Uh, talk yeah as, as per you know as per se yeah because so, um, they definitely have the mind yeah. to absorb and take in a, like all these different things like it a, a child's mind is incredible yeah uh, absolutely like my um my friend the former um RAF pilot she speaks uh she's Caucasian Australian but she speaks fluent Japanese mm-hmm. and uh her child um her baby, her baby was coming on. Yes, yeah, toddler now. Uh, it's um, it's speaking Japanese um, in the house as well because she's mm. speaking Japanese to it. Like yes. obviously English is the main tongue, but she's speaking Jap- Japanese to it, and it's attending um, an Australian Chinese um, uh, preschool. Mm. So it's learning Chinese. So it's learning Chinese as well. Yeah. Oh wow. So. That's going to be one empowered child. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) And and it's not just because it's going to be multilingual. It's because of the experiences uh, they're they're giving this child from such a young age. Absolutely, absolutely. That's a great example there. Mm. So our last response is from Mary from Algeria. She said, a great point Ali mentioned when he said, approach someone with the lens they see the world. What are some ways to not allow your personal opinions to get in the way when you do this? Mm. 
approach someone um, with the really... lens they see the world. Mm, what do you think? Yeah, no, I love this. I absolutely love this because uh, I'm so much about a tolerance and understanding and uh, and really not letting your own opinions get in the way. You can have one because everyone has one. Mm. But I think one of the biggest issues in the world at the moment, and especially like on social media, is that yes. everyone expresses their opinions without uh, really taking in mind anyone else's or the overall picture. Mm-hmm. So not not being able to have that that tolerance and understanding and rationality. Uh, so that's one of the reasons, like, for example, just personally myself, I don't engage in any uh, keyboard warrior tactics, you know, yeah. when, 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 for example, uh, I might post a picture and, um, and everything I do, I try and do really positive and have a happy, positive vibe about it. Uh, but of course, every now and then I get attacked. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty lucky. I don't get too much of that, but every I'm now and then I, I get that, the random. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Every now and then I get the random attack uh, and I just actually don't respond. And people are like, why didn't you respond to that? And I'm like, uh, because it, um, right, because I do not, I will not go to that that level. And really, there's people who are doing that. It's really going to be hard. It doesn't matter what I write and what um, rebuttal I have. They they're just going to rebuttal back. Yes, right, because they believe their opinion is right. Yes. Um. So, and that comes from that real closed mindedness. It, it's it, and it's not that you have to change your opinions. It's just a bit of tolerance and understanding that's really that's really needed. And that, I think that's what Ali's like was getting at is mm. it's it's not accepting that hey they're right and I'm I was wrong all along. It it's just being that bit more open minded and being able to listen uh, mm. to the person and and acknowledge. And acknowledge without having to get into an argument. Exactly, exactly. I like that. I like that you don't actually say anything when you get, because there's no point. Like, it's just don't waste your energy as well. And you're going to keep getting a rebuttal. And mm. if you respond again, you're just, you're not going to, they're not going to be like, oh, yes, Brooke, you've got a point. You're not going to get that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's just not going to happen. The, no. the person, if you're writing that in the first t- place, you're probably not the type of person who's suddenly going to have a change. Of of, of of opinion. Um, no. Yeah, yeah. So this goes back to starting that tolerance and teaching that tolerance and more open mindedness mm-hmm. uh, from a young from a young age, um, and and that ability to listen, um, because I believe we were given uh, two ears and one mouth for a reason is to be used in that proportion. Yeah. I like that a lot. Thank you so much. I really, really love that. That's fantastic. Uh, great point there. I like that. Two ears and one mouth. Because yeah, that's so, so, so true. I think another thing too with like looking at things from, you know, with the lens of somebody else and just kind of holding your own opinion is is, you know, if you're able to do that, if you're able to truly listen and hear. And like maybe take it in a way of, all right, let me see what I can learn from this or let me see what perspective this could give me or let me see, well, what angle are they really looking at here? Let's just see where they're going with it. 
Let's just listen to their thought process and listen to what they're thinking about instead of, hey, I've got to show them what's right. You know, like mm. I think that that kind of approach would be is needed more so nowadays. Absolutely. It's it's so it's so needed uh, for for everyone. Uh, certainly in those leadership roles and management roles, uh, but just in every everyday life, uh, I, I think we would be uh, a lot more uh, of a peaceful and empowered uh, society. Yes, absolutely. 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 Well, thank you so much, Brooke. This has been a lovely cafe. I love that you're here to answer and respond to some of these responses. It was fantastic. And it's always great to have you on the podcast and um, love for you to come back on and do some more with me. It'll be really, really great. And uh, yeah, I'd love to like, and it's really, really always great to hear these different responses from people. And it really adds perspective as, as we've been talking about. And you get to see and feel, you know, uh, what other environments are like. So, you know, p- people ask questions that you didn't think about and it really allows for you to kind of ponder on these different things and come up with your own responses or gives you clarity about what you're, what you truly, you know, gives you a bigger picture to kind of, to kind of look at. Um, so, yeah, um, um, thank you again for joining me on the Cafe Discussion, Brooke. Thank you so much. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Get to Know You Cafe. If you enjoy this podcast, rate, review, and share the podcast on Facebook or Instagram. You can tag me at Get to Know You with Tiffany Farrah. Be sure to listen to Tuesday's podcast and send in your responses for us to include next Thursday on the Get to Know You Cafe to further deepen dialogue on this topic. If you have any topics you would like us to discuss, be sure to tag me in a post with your question. Join us every Thursday on the Get to Know You Cafe.